forming a team is very important and partnership is very important. But to do so, you got to know what kind of value you could bring in. So you got to reflect yourself first and then find out what value you can add. And then you got to find the partners who can complement your skill set. You don't want to Joe Fallis or you don't want to Yosef in the same team. Quick disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action. For more information, go to bestevershow.com. Best ever listeners, how you doing? Welcome to the Best Real Estate Investing Advice Ever Show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast where we only talk about the best advice ever. We don't get into any of fluffy stuff with today, Yosef Lee. How you doing, Yosef? I'm doing great and very well. Thank you very much for the invitation, Joe. It's my well, honor to be here. Well, it's my pleasure and I'm glad to hear it. Yosef's got some good experience on deals. And I was looking at your list of deals that you've done. Looks like they're all under a hundred units from what I can tell so far. And that's going to be really interesting to talk about. Yosef is currently working as a W2 full-time lawyer doing civil litigation, but then he became a multifamily investor at night and on the weekends. And he has been quite busy. He joined a multifamily mentorship mastermind group with his goal of closing his first multifamily deal in 2020. And in December, 2020, he got his first 44 unit deal closed. And since then he has done a 68 unit syndication, a 63 unit, a 36 unit. So we've got a lot to talk about how he did this and then the components or the details of that. So he's based in Queens, New York. With that being said, Yosef, first, you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and your current focus, and then we'll go right into it. Sure. Thank you, Joe. My name is Yosef, and I'm a South Korean immigrant. I came here at the age of 18, so I really grew up in South Korea and came here for college. And ever since I came here, it's a life-changing experience, new lifestyle, language, new people, new friends. So Ever since I came here, it's been all about proving myself in a new country. So I always worked. I've worked more than 10 different part-time jobs in different segments like fish market, bar, coffee shop, restaurants, just trying to get a better version of myself and to have my ends meet. And I achieved some goals. I also made many mistakes, paid the price, and I moved on to learn the lessons. Now I'm an attorney licensed in three different states, New York, New Jersey, and Florida. And I made it while I was working full-time and going to school at night. So I'm proud of that. It was not easy. I made it through. Now I'm father of two girls. And during nights and weekends, I become multifamily investor. I'm aspiring to take back the control of my time. I'm looking for time freedom and all the opportunities from passive income streams. That's impressive. That is truly impressive what you've done so far and you won't have even scratched the surface for where you're about to go. So some follow-up questions. You said new friends, new language, 18 years old when you moved here. You knew English coming here though, right? Some basics. There's a funny episode. I was not able to properly pronounce the room was furnished. So I said the room was punished. I recall my (laughs) cousin was laughing at me when I just came here. I knew some grammars, but uh, the pronunciations and the conversational level was really, really bottom. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. You came here. How old are you now? I'm 39. 
39 years old. So it's been almost 20 years. Yep, almost 20 years. And you are a full-time lawyer doing civil litigation. What are you litigating exactly? 99% we do is personal injury litigation. So we take care of our clients who are victims of accidents, worksite accidents, trip and fall, slip and fall against the city, against the insurance companies. And on the nights and weekends for approximately a year and a half to two years, you've been focused on multifamily. Is that correct? That's correct. Obviously, my job is very time demanding. So from nine to six, strictly, I got to focus on the litigation side. I go to court every day, unfortunately for many others, but thankfully for myself, the court has been shut down for a long time because of COVID. Mm -hmm. And that's where I seriously started my real estate journey. Mm -hmm. So it kind of got shrinked my schedule. So I didn't have to go to the court. So it's, it's been all done through remote. So that's how I was able to schedule my schedules more efficiently, if that makes sense. Yeah, that brings up something that you have maximized from what it seems like. You've maximized the amount of things you've accomplished within a period of time because of the 10 different part-time jobs you mentioned, and I know you don't believe you do any of those now, and becoming a lawyer and now closing on deals. But you also, I think you said you have three kids. Is that right? Did I hear that right? I have three kids, yes. You have three kids. Okay, so you have a lot of different areas of your life that are competing for time. So how do you think about time and where you invest your time? I get that question a lot because I have full-time jobs and doing real estate with two kids, my family. So I do excessive planning and time blocking. I think it's more of a level of obsession. And I used to bring work home before. I love to work. Don't get me wrong, first of all, but I gave up on that. So now I try to work a lot harder from nine to six condensed and focused so that I can spare more time for real estate at home and nights and weekends. And like I said, I do everyday planning daily for daily to-do list, weekly and monthly and yearly. And like I said, it's more of a session level. I would say constant planning, prioritizing, adjusting, and then taking actions upon that. If I set the to-do list then, then I got to do it. I think it's the key to be able to manage all these different hats. Okay. Do you do it electronically or is it just a piece of paper that you write this down? I use them all. I basically start using my calendar app and to-do list app on my phone. And then for the time blocking, I actually handwrite things. I have a little piece of paper that out of all that to-do list today, I got to at least uh, finish these three tasks. I got to complete that. And I write those three things on a piece of paper right in front of me. Got it. So you prioritize for that day. Hey, regardless of what happens, these three things definitely have to get done. Got to do that every day because I usually put a lot more things on my to-do list than I probably could finish. So I know many things are not going to be done, Mm -hmm. but at least by prioritizing, I could make sure that the important ones are done that day. What are the three things today? Wow, three things today. Number one is meeting Joe Fellis on the best ever show. That was number Check one. Check that box. <laughs> I checked that box. And then second, I have a three o'clock motion calendar. And then uh, I have two motions to file. So in the morning, in the afternoon, I got to work on those. But usually this is where I get my lunch hour. So I'm spending that for you. Awesome. Well, I'm grateful for that. So let's talk about deals. 
you joined a multifamily membership group last year. Whose group did you join? So I joined Mastermind called MIH and also joined uh, Jake and Gino Network. Okay. And so, I yeah. am not familiar with MIH. What is that group? It's a small group led by two guys named Marco Barbaro and Hodaro Kivi. It's a mastermind group, more of accountability pod. We find the deals together. We discuss about the deal, analyze together, and then we raised capital inside and we do partnership in there. So it's like a small group of investors and it's rapidly growing now. Nice. Is that New York City centric? It's not. Marco is from New York, but he moved to Florida. The members are all over countries from New York, Connecticut, North Carolina, California, Texas. So we're all mingled. Marco is actually brother of Gino from Jake and Gino. So ah, he, okay. This is his own thing. <laughs> Fair enough. We'll get back to the show in just two minutes, but first some sponsors I'm confident you'll find value in learning more about. As your portfolio grows, you need financial management services you can rely on to help you save money and continue making the right choices for your company's future. Realestateaccounting.co's top-tier CFO team uses their deep industry and operating experience to guide real estate syndicators, investors, and family offices through every pivotal moment and crucial decision. Their fractional CFO services include budget-to-actual, cash flow and distributions, and reporting and valuation. Go to realestateaccounting.co forward slash CFO to find out why REA is one of the fastest growing real estate accounting companies around. The real estate experts provide timely analysis and consultations to help you make the most informed decisions possible. See and trust where your portfolio is headed with the customized financial reports based on the KPIs that matter to you and your business. Try it risk-free today at realestateaccounting.co forward slash CFO. If you're not sure where to start investing or need help taking the next step, mentorship and coaching is one of the best ways to get going. Think Multifamily is a leading apartment acquisition and education company who provides true one-on-one -on -one coaching to help you invest for your family's future. Their servant leadership approach will guide you to successfully scale your real estate business or assist you to diversify your investments in multifamily. Go to thinkmultifamily.com forward slash coaching to learn how they help working professionals just like you transform their future through partnering and community. In fact, the majority of real estate investors who partner with Think Multifamily get involved in a general partnership within six months. Thinkmultifamily.com forward slash coaching highlights the partnerships, joint ventures, and resources all available through the coaching program. Go to thinkmultifamily.com forward slash coaching to learn how to become a member and get involved. So first deal, December of 2020, 44 units. How many general partners were on that deal? So 44 unit was a joint venture. It was not syndication. So we had six partners all together. Tell us about it. Okay. So I met my partners. So we have main partner groups, three one is Boots on the Ground in Kansas, and one from California, myself from New York. And we underwrote deals together, about 30, 40, and then we got this deal through Boots on the Ground partner's friend who knew the seller. So we got the deal, and we submitted our LOI, and the seller liked it. The only condition seller put out was he wants to close this deal within 60 days. So we said, great, we'll do that. So the due diligence started. We loved the deal. This deal is 1968 vintage, I believe. So it's kind of old C-class property with some deferred maintenance. 
and inspection reveals some issues with plumbing, mold, mildew, and termite. But seller took care of all of these before closings. But the roof and HVAC system were kind of old. So we asked him if he could fix it before closing. Otherwise, he want some credit. And seller chose to give us some credit. So we got $100,000 credit for that. Wow. Actually, two months ago, we finished replacing all the roofs. And it came out to be about 60 something thousand dollars. So we got $100,000 for that. And HVAC, we replaced a couple. So overall, I think we netted about $20,000 more mm-hmm. by that credit. What did you purchase it for? 1.75 was the purchase price. Okay. And it's about 39700 bucks a door. And you said your Kansas partners is boots on the ground. So this property is in Kansas? It's in Lawrence, Kansas, Kansas City. Lawrence. Ah, oh, Lawrence, Kansas? Yes. Okay. That's where Jayhawks are. Kansas University. Yes. Sorry, 1963 okay. vintage. And is it student housing? No, it's not. It's a two beds and one bath, all the units. So it's not a student housing. We'll say regular families, more of okay. a working class. Okay. And you mentioned six partners. Then you said you, California person, a Kansas boots on the ground person. Who are the other three partners? So other three partners, we'd love to do, but our net worth, we're not meeting the lender's requirements. So we had to have one KP. And then that KP is actually Marco. He helped us. And Marco brought in two of his friends who are putting more monies so that we could take down just deals together. Okay. And what's the compensation for a KP to bring their balance sheet? So as a KP and as the group that found this deal and vetted, so as a main group, four of us set aside 10% of equity before calculating the rest based on the money put in. Okay. So the balance sheet person, in this case, Mark Obuk, could bet anyone, were they compensated at all for bringing their balance sheet or do they have to have other responsibilities too? No, he just came in. He also invested together. So he not only got the equity portion from the 10% set aside, from the 90%, he also invested. So he got the GP share from that portion as well, based on his money. Okay. But just trying to understand is if he had just brought his balance sheet and not done anything else, what type of compensation? Oh, Because I get that question a lot. And so he got 2.5% of equity. Okay, cool. So 2.5% of the general partnership for bringing his balance sheet. Yes. There we go. All right, sweet. And no other fees or anything? No. Okay. That's a good deal for you all from what I've seen. And I'm sure everyone benefits, but I'm glad it worked out for everyone. Yes, Um, yes. So that's the 44 unit. And that's the one you've had the longest. And you talked a little bit about it, but what's something that has not gone right? For this property so far, it's been going really well. Our business plan was to raise the rent within this year, at least to the market level. So we have 43 units. The average rent was about $250 lower than the market rent. So as soon as we took over, what we did was every month or two, we tried to turn a six unit to 10 units to catch the market rent. We had more than 50% of month to month. So that was our goal to turn the month to month rent into a yearly lease. And we had our property managers to approach the tenants and slowly we started turning them. So, so far, so good. We didn't have too much resistance. We had to evict two people during the COVID. And I was surprised it only took 28 days to evict. In New York, it's unheard of and unthinkable, unimaginable. 
Mm-hmm. Yep, New York, New Jersey. Right. So so far, we tested the markets without putting any work. The lease was renewed with about sixty dollars more. So we were able to raise six dollars for renewal for doing nothing, and then we tried soft turning and hard turning. We were able to raise two hundred dollars, three hundred dollars, and there has been a good demanding. So over ninety percent of occupancy has been maintained ever since, and we're turning one by one. And so far, it's been great. Our plan is to push for the rest within another half a year or year. Do cash out refi and take out all the money that we put in. You said soft and hard turning. How do you define that? So when I say soft, it's just painting and uh, changing the hard floor to the luxury vinyl plank. It's all carpet now. And hard turning, man, we had some sliding doors that we wanted to change it to wall and windows. So we're putting more money for that. But soft turning, we were able to get two hundred dollars and hard three hundred dollars. Let's talk about the next one, which was a 68 unit. Sure thing. That property is in Wichita, Kansas. Okay. So, so it's another Kansas. Kansas. How far away is that from Lawrenceburg? This is three hours west from Lawrence. And since okay. we have our Kansas Boots Underground partner, that's where we started okay. uh, our base. It's a 68 unit, 1999 vintage, more of B-class B- property. Nice. Um, Yes, it was a very nice property. Not much to fix, not much definite maintenance. We did some cosmetic upgrade thereafter, but overall it was great as is. The purchase price was $4.15 million, So it was like a $61,000 per unit-ish. Mm-hmm. And three of us, the main partners, also became the main sponsor group on this. And we had three more partners for capital raising and asset management. Mm-hmm. And they were helping us basically just for capital raising. And after that, one partner, he's helping us to asset manage. And this property and the first property, the first property you said it came from a friend of the boots on the ground person knew the seller. Where did this property come from? This property was from the relationship that we built with a brokers or consultants. So this was from the consultant who knew the seller. So this was also sort of seller direct because we didn't have to compete. Okay. So it was through a broker, but it wasn't fully marketed yet. Not yet. And why wouldn't they fully market it? Again, my experience very limited, but what I noticed is that as a listing broker, before putting it on market, he has a sort of pocket listing. So he has a list of investors that he has dealt with or have a relationship with. And he is sure that they could close. So he will contact even one by one to see if they will be interested in closing this before putting it in the market. Mm-hmm. So I guess that's what's happened. And what is your ownership percentage on the general partnership in this deal? In this deals, I have a little over 20% of GP share. What has been surprising about this deal that you perhaps weren't expecting? SM management. Before acquiring this property and having hands-on experience of asset management, I thought simply the hard work is the acquisition side, and then the property managers will do all the jobs and we just manage the property manager. I didn't really understand what would entail with managing the property managers. But now, after half a year later, I realize it's a lot of work. Yep. As you manage the property managers, you've got to be really on top and very diligent on 
and making sure the business plans are executed. And you have pool of investors that you have fiduciary duty and obligation to report back. So that's pressure that I'm having. And it was not that I was able to expect before doing the asset management, actually. I had the same experience on my first deal because I had previously owned single family homes and the property manager would just send me the report once a month and I'd take a look at it, maybe whenever I was right about to go to sleep and then I wouldn't look at it again. And that was it. I got the money in the bank for single family homes. Then I bought the first apartment community. I initially took that approach and that was a colossal mistake <laughs> to initially take the same approach right. because- you're right. It's such a eye-opening experience uh, where we really do have to do asset management. There's a reason why that role exists versus just letting the property manager take it and run with it. So what specific things do you do now mm-hmm. as it relates to managing the property manager that you didn't do before? Okay. So uh, we have bi-weekly meetings for each property. So my role, I follow up with the property managers regarding specifically delinquent tenants to make sure we get paid on time. If not, you know, we got to collect why it's not being paid and what kind of situation the tenant is going through. If there is anything that we could help, like maybe making easy for that tenant to apply for government help or city help. So that's one thing. And anything that's regarding legal side or bank lenders, I take care of them each month. I move the funds around in the bank account based on our cash allocation plan or budget plan and schedule the distribution for investors. That's what I do. And also investor relationships. I have pool of investors who invested in our deals that I send out newsletters to them just basically to tell them what's going on with the properties. So those are what I'm doing now in regards to the asset management. We'll get back to the show in just two minutes, but first, some sponsors I'm confident you'll find value in learning more about. Mark your calendars for the Best Ever Conference, February 24th through 26th, back in person at the Gaylord Rockies Convention Center. Join the experienced community and phenomenal speakers for a weekend of learning the best commercial real estate strategies, building relationships, and quite frankly, having a lot of fun. As a bonus, once you purchase your ticket, you are put into a mini mastermind group to start making connections with other commercial real estate investors immediately. Get the lowest prices right now at besteverconference.com. That's besteverconference.com. Here's a problem you're probably not solving for right now. Have you ever had a tenant squat inside your rental and refuse to pay rent? Or are you worried about renting to a serial rent dodger? You've probably used a credit report for tenant screening before, but what if I told you you're missing out on info you need to properly verify prospective tenants? That's a problem, and the solution is Rentify. Rentify provides a summary of a prospective tenant's financial information using bank-verified transactional data you can't get from a credit check. This includes monthly income, payroll, past rent payments, and identity verification. Rentify's reports also highlight non-sufficient funds, overdraft history, and missed rent payments. It's all available at www.trustrentify.com. The best part is Rentify's financial reports instantly verify the full financial picture of a tenant within minutes, so you will no longer have to waste hours or even days verifying their information manually. And you can eliminate the risk of being duped by fraudulent documents and losing thousands of dollars, getting unreliable tenants evicted. Visit TrustRentify.com 
and use the promo code FAIRLESS for 25% off your first report package. That's T-R-U-S-T-R-E-N-T-I-F-Y.com. Put in the promo code FAIRLESS, F-A-I-R-L-E-S-S, for 25% off your first report package. For the bi-weekly meetings with the property management company, are you setting the agenda and sending it out prior, or how does it organize? So our team all together, we participate all together. So we have another team member who organized the bi-weekly meeting agenda, and we send that out to the property managers ahead of time so that the property manager can be prepared for that. And then we go through that one by one. If something was not done on time, then we follow up next time. So that's how we follow up. How many partners is too many partners on a deal? I think ideally no more than two. Four. <laughs> <laughs> no, my personal experience is this. There are seven roles that I think a good syndication team is equipped with. Puts on the ground, underwriting, capital raising, marketing, investor relationship, lender, broker relationship, experience and sponsoring a high net worth individual. But some of the roles are needed just at the acquisition side of the deal, as opposed to overall asset management holding period. And you don't really have to have seven or eight partners. I think some are either three, four, five. I think that's good enough. Mm -hmm. If two people can do the job, great. But I see each person has their own strength and they are good with certain roles as opposed to the others. So as a team, you just focus on what you're good at and relying on others and vice versa. And that's how you maximize the efficiency as an entire team. But if it goes over, I think my personal experience over five, then it would be too many people that have many directions. When you have one partner, it's possible, maybe not as probable, that they're not going to pull their end of the bargain. But if you have five partners, I mean, come on, there's at least two of them that aren't doing really much at all. Mm -hmm. And the two other partners are probably handling most of the load. And then the third one is probably just doing the average amount. And it's just law of averages. That's just a dynamic that's typical with human nature. I'm thinking back to college groups. You would have a group of five. It tends to be the dynamic. Understand. And I also believe in making a specific roles. So let's say my boots on the ground partner, he's good at finding the deals. And I want him to focus on that. I don't want him to worry about how the cash allocation plan is going on, right? Mm-hmm. So I could tell him, don't worry about it. I'll get it. But you focus on what you do. And if there's any issues, we'll discuss at the meeting. Taking a step back, what's your best real estate investing advice ever? Best real estate advice ever? Got to form a team. It's a team play, not a me play. So forming a team is very important and partnership is very important. But to do so, you got to know what kind of value you could bring in. So you got to reflect yourself first and then find out what value you can add. And then you got to find the partners who can complement your skill set. You don't want to Joe Fallis or you don't want to Yosef in the same team. So that was best advice. You got to know yourself and then find the team members. We're going to do lightning round. You ready for the best ever lightning round? Yes. All right, let's do it. What deal have you made the most money on to date? You personally, in your bank account, what deal has made the most money for you? Again, my experience very limited. And within that short amount of experience, I think that 68 unit apartment made the most money so far. 
How much money in the bank did that make you so far? About $25,000. And thinking about how much that could make you should things go well and according to plan, about how much would you personally make on that 68 unit over the lifetime? Over the lifetime, if our plan for refi goes well, and I want to keep this for the longest time, I would say between 50000 and 100000 for the foreseeable future, mm-hmm. realistically. Mm-hmm. None of these have gone full cycle. So did you do any deals prior to this? Any single family homes or anything? No, 44 right. unit was truly my first real estate experience. Well, then I won't ask you which one's lost the most amount of money because you haven't lost any money. I assume that's correct? That's correct. All right. And I'm going to knock on wood for you. Just Thank you. Sure we're not jinxing ourselves. <laughs> What's the best way you like to give back to your community? Education. I want to always share back my experience with whoever is starting and who are situated in a similarly, who has W2 job and full-time but realize the red race game. So they want to get out. I'm open to share everything that I experienced, any tips and experience. And that's what I do now. I'm openly inviting a lot of people to connect to me. And I get on a Zoom call and I share anything and everything they ask. How can the best ever listeners learn more about what you're doing? Please connect to me. I'm very approachable. I'm very active in social media connect to me and we'll get on a call. Any questions, anything that you need clarity, I'll share. If I don't know the answer, I'll go and find out and return to you. What's the best way to connect with you? I'm on LinkedIn, Insta, and Facebook. My handle is Yosef Your Brosef. So <laughs> <laughs> that's my nickname. So Yosef, Y-O-S-E-F, Your, Y-O-U-R, Brosef, B-R-O-S-E-F. Just send me a friend request or connection request and include short notes. I heard you from Joe Fellas podcast. Let's connect. And I'll definitely get back to you. And I have a website, yosephhlee.com. And you can go and check it out there too. With the Joseph Yerbrosef name convention, I'm virtually giving you a fist bump for that. I respect that. I like that a lot. <laughs> I, I fist you bump back. <laughs> <laughs> Joseph, thank you for being on the show, sharing your story it's impressive. You're an impressive person for things you've accomplished and the challenges that you've overcome. And here you are doing what you're doing. So thank you for sharing that. And then thank you for sharing the deal mechanics and some of the numbers behind the deals, some of the deals that you've done. So appreciate getting to know you. Appreciate you being on the show. Hope you have the best ever day and talk to you again soon. Thank you very much, Joe. I just want to shout out about your book, Best Ever Apartment Syndication Book. That was one of the first books I read, and it actually gave me step-by-step practical guideline, almost like a to-do list. And I still use some of them as my to-do list. It was great. And I started my virtual meetup in May last year because I followed your advice of having a thought leadership platform from the book. So Good. I really thank you. And this is this is so great. This is really great. You, you can't release really Well, how I'm grateful for this. Well, I'm really glad that you started that meetup. And I mean, just think of the relationships that are going to come from you taking the initiative to start that meetup, cultivate that community that you've created, and then the relationships that they're going to create from you organizing it, and then the deals and money that we made. And I'm glad to hear that. And it was great to get to know you. Talk to you soon. All right. Thank you, Joe. Have a great day.